Welcome back to another episode of The Sherry Show. Today, I have my girl, Julie. Julie and I are going to talk about pandemic belly comforts, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. How you doing, Julie? I'm doing pretty good. And honest, I, 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 I just said to somebody the other day um, that whenever Sh- Sherry tells me to go to a restaurant, she's like, I'm going to, you know, if when, when we were at a conference in San Francisco and you were like, I've made a reservation at a restaurant. I actually didn't even know what we were eating at first, but I was just like, yeah, like, of course, <laughs> I will follow you anywhere food related. That was such an epic dinner. We went to Crustacean in San Francisco for um, for dinner. And um, it was lovely because I decided I wanted to take all of my favorite um, lady people to Crustacean because, and we all happened to be um, there for the conference at the same time, which was just wonderful. I even brought Lisa along because even though she isn't an academic, she's one of my favorite lady people too. And so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first time I ate at Crustacean, it was with Andy and, um, uh, I want to say he was six months old, Harrison, and it was not fun. It was not fun because Harrison didn't want to sit down quietly in the restaurant and Crustacean, as the name implies, serves crabs. And so you need your fingers from both hands. And if you are trying to navigate, you know, comforting a small person while they are not okay with being inside of a semi-fancy restaurant, then you don't have any hands. So we really spent a lot of time passing him back and forth between us while we ate this tamarind crab and garlic noodles. And it was just... Even with the experience of trying to juggle a kid, it was so amazing. So worth it. it. Like there are things that I will juggle a child for and those crabs (laughs) are one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I had a chance to go back and eat with some of my favorite people, we went in and we had those crabs. So, you know, Julia and I bond over this food business on a regular basis. It is our mutually favorite thing. What's for dinner tonight, Julie? What's for dinner tonight? I am making um, tofu shawarma um, with uh, homemade flatbread. Um, so, and it has uh, homemade flatbread. Homemade flatbread. All mm-hmm. right. It's easy. It takes like t- it's it's like a twenty minute rise actually, especially mm-hmm. for people that are not um, not opposed to twenty minute rises because <laughs> that are not opposed to twenty minute rise <laughs> that are not ideologically opposed to twenty minute rises, but like. Um, it's it's a good beginner bread. Um, I never I never did anything with bread before the pandemic, um, mm. and this is a good beginner bread because it's the the results are immediate, pretty uh-huh. immediate, as immediate as bread gets, right? <laughs> um, and you know it's really good. You can make like uh, flatbread pizzas, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, but it was something actually that was born out of um, I I had planned to make this tofu shawarma. And I didn't have any bread to put it on. And I wasn't going to go to the grocery store during a pandemic for one thing. No. So I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm going to make I got to make bread. some bread. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. And tofu shawarma, um, my, my, it has even gotten my dad to eat tofu, which is like oh, a, wow. a sort of feat in and of itself. Um, so yeah. So my parents and my sister actually make this regularly now. It's a really good, really, really good. Got garlic yogurt sauce. Whoa, mm-hmm. garlic yogurt sauce. That does sound yummy. It's good. So, it's like a good tofu for people that are not, that, are not that believe people. that they wouldn't t- not like tofu. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm like that with eggplant. I will not touch eggplant with a 10 foot pole in any preparation. Um, even if it is drowned in cheese, I want nothing to do with it. 
I see you looking like, at me sideways. Like I, 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 I am. I mean, like that's like this eggplant is parmesan is probably my favorite thing in the whole world. Mm. So now I just feel like this is a challenge for me. Mm. I mean, maybe you, I mean if you if you made an eggplant parm and put it on my doorstep, <laughs> uh, I might. But you know, I should. I guess I should clarify too, since I'm eating tofu this evening, that I'm not vegetarian. Though we do, we do eat a lot of vegetarian meals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those vegetarian meals look really good for like a hardcore meatarian like me. I mean, I, I I look at some of those vegetarian things. I was like, you know, we could do more with the green things in mm-hmm. in 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 our home, but. Talking about leaving things on people's doorsteps, how did how did we get to that point? Because I'm 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 one of the lucky recipients of Julie Care packages from time to time. I'm currently awaiting my sourdough pasta delivery. Um, tell us about food deliveries um, around Colombia during this time. <laughs> well, so I think it's interesting. Like, so. I always joke with people that like I'm I'm half Italian and half Irish right Mm -hmm. and um Italians give people food when they have literally no idea what to say right like it's just sort of like here is a pasta right like it's like a um so I think that sometimes I mean in the beginning of the pandemic when we didn't know whether or not like it was it was a foodborne you know virus right like it was harder to do right like but once that once that happened I was sort of you know when when it was pretty clear that you know you could get takeout you could get food from your friends all that kind of stuff and and have it be fine um I feel like it was it's a way that I've tried to maintain a connection with my friends it's also a way that I I've been giving um food mostly to people who have been home with small kids um Mm -hmm. because I know (laughs) that because I, I, I really, I miss the communal child raising thing where we could lift each other's load. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, this is, or lighten each other's load, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. making food for somebody is a way of showing them love and hopefully a way of lightening their load. So, mm-hmm. um, so I've been delivering, um, well, the secondary reason is because I've been making sourdough like every other American during the pandemic. Not even American, <laughs> everywhere around the world. People are like, now I, just, I have the time for this. For right? sourdough. <laughs> I'm just terrified um, of killing that. I mean, I know if you kill it, then you just like start again. But I just, I, I, I feel like I don't have the, I, I, I don't have, it's, it's not a, it's not a thing that I have bandwidth for. The, the, oh, the I get that. Um, I wrote, well, it's, it's like anything else that it becomes like, a, it's feeding the sourdough. Like I always mm-hmm. joke with my, my daughter, I have a two year old um, who comes, she's like, you feeding your sourdough baby? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I'm feeding my sourdough baby. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's now like, you know, every morning it's like, I wake up, I get a cup of coffee and I feed the sourdough baby. Like mm-hmm. it's become part of my morning ritual. But, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but basically one of the things, this is kind of interesting. I was talking to a colleague of mine, um, who is a feminist sociologist and she was actually wondering whether a lot of, um, sourdough and bread baking has, has been uh, like organized around male bakers a lot, right? Like, yes. so a lot yes. of times, like, I mean, even in our, in our own community, there's, there's <laughs> a, a man who works for the university who, who makes like amazing sourdough amazing. as like, he was the sourdough guy, right? For yep. the longest time. Yeah. Um, so one of the interesting things that's happened is she was wondering whether or not a lot of these like recipes for using sourdough discard. And the discard is um, when you feed sourdough, you have to basically, you know, take a portion of it and 
hydrate it with water and feed it with fresh um, flour. Flour. But you Uh end up throwing out the overwhelming majority of the starter that you had cultivated, right? Every single time you end up throwing it out. So in the beginning of making sourdough, I was like, I just can't throw out all this flour. Like, this is just, like, like I mean, I have the patience waste. for this. It's waste. It's so wasteful. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't stand the waste. Yeah. Right? So, um, so then I looked up and I was like, oh, there's actually things that you can do with all the sourdough discard. Um, but it came out of, like, a desire not to waste anything. And it's something that I've noticed a lot about my own food pra- practices and how they've shifted um, during the pandemic to sort of, like, just not not be like having a mind toward not being wasteful and like using up the ingredients that I have and all this other stuff. So I have made, and I made a list here. I took notes for this, but we started composting. We started composting during the pandemic. Like that was, yeah, but you made, I think think it's coming out of this idea that it's like, we're, we're at home and, I've been joking with people that, like, if anybody wanted to know how I was coping with the pandemic, it was by frontier wifing my way through the pandemic. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, but the discard recipes are like, I've made pancakes, crepes, waffles, crackers I've, I with some waffles. Oh, those waffles oh the waffles are good. Crackers with, um, with uh, Ethiopian spice, like the ber- berber. Is that how you yeah. say berber? Berber. Yeah. Berber, yeah, that's delicious. Um, Mm -hmm. Crumpets, pizza dough. Crumpets. Yes, I did make crumpets. We just bought some crumpets at Trader Joe's. How do you make crumpets? Um, It's actually a really good way to use up sourdough discard because it's not, it uses a lot of the actual discard as opposed to like using a little bit of it as a yeast to do (laughs) other things. So it's mainly, like all this stuff is basically water, sourdough discard, um, I don't even think there's eggs in crumpets, but I can't remember off the top mm. of my head. I, like, um, I'm looking at this thing, this round thing with the bubbles, like the little They're holes. glorious. Yeah. yeah. With some butter or like lemon curd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made, um, I also made my own sourdough discard English muffins, which <gasps> are amazing. Like they get very mm-hmm. plump. Like they're a lot more plump than the English muffins that you get from the store. But mm-hmm. but they're not there's not as many crannies, which was a disappointment mm-hmm. to me in the beginning. But um but the taste is so good that uh, of course fresh they're delicious. baked fresh baked English yeah. muffins and they freeze well too. So and mm-hmm. and you make like a you know a ton of them. Um, mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, I made sourdough banana bread. That was the other thing. But all of these um all of these recipes for me it has been more fun um, even than the bread baking to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, I don't see be, much to find much way bread. to use it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't see much focus on the bread. Like you just seem to have shifted to like, what can I do with the discard this week? Well, it's like a challenge because I just like I can't throw it out. Like I, can, it's like my heart. It's it's like soul soul depleting. Just be throwing it out. So like, I, so then I'm like, okay, you know, like I made the sourdough pasta. I make. Um, I have a pasta machine that I inherited, um, which is hilarious because there's an instruction manual that is so powerfully, you know, Italian American, right? That's like, do not give this machine to somebody that doesn't know how to use it. Use it. (laughs) (laughs) They will damage the machine, right? Like, and that's like in the rules, right? Like, um, so yeah, it's a hand crank machine and, um, and I've been making, uh, mostly for people, but, um, I made, um, I can make paperdelli, linguine, um, cap, well, so like spaghetti, it's probably something in between capellini and spaghetti, um, mm-hmm. and um, and lasagna noodles. And if you make 
if you make lasagna with fresh pasta, you'll like never never go make back it with regular noodles again. I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Andy, um, I don't know how that like his birthday last year, he just sort of mentioned offhand that he wanted to learn how to make pasta. So I got him all of this pasta making stuff that we haven't kind of cracked out yet. Um, but it's 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 been a it's been a thing in my mind too, because he he makes a really good sauce, and once he makes the sauce, then I make the the lasagna off off of out of what's left um, from the from the meal that we have like the sauce with if we have it spaghetti or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, so yeah, then, like. So I go was ahead. gonna say too that um, I realized it's not exact it's not hard, as hard um, to make fresh pasta as I thought. Right, like I'm and seeing like a lot of videos that hard. make it. It looks really like if you got the t- like. I was watching one yesterday. There's a part of it too. Like the thing why pasta is appealing to me is, I am super soothed by those videos of the guys with like that board that has like all the lines on it, and they like oh, the, cut the them. keyboard. Yeah, the like gnocchi board. Yeah, where they just like roll little pieces out and it has the grooves and I could just sit and watch some 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 person do that for like hours just like, like the culinary roll. Bob Ross. Yes. <laughs> yes, like yeah. the pasta cutting. Like there there are a lot of social media videos now about like pasta cutting and pasta rolling and mm-hmm. and like filling filling raviolis. Oh my god. Oh, I've done that too. Not during yeah. the pandemic, but I have I uh, making your own raviolis is fun. It's really fun. Yeah, it's like this. So like for me, a thing that um, I joked um, with, with, with one of my friends in another episode about how if you ever knew, if you ever see me in like the kitchen all day working on something that's just like a multi-project, like a multi-step project, um, check in on me at the end of the day and see if I'm finally okay. Because it's just like... <laughs> You're like, here's where I will go to have my flow state and then eat it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, this is me coping with something big that I don't want you to talk to me about, but I'm just going to breathe and roll my way through, like, project, any project Mm oriented, and especially, like, kitchen project-oriented things. I'm trying to remember, like, when we made the donuts a couple weeks ago, um, I, I you know, again, it was like another one of those times that somebody pissed me off in a meeting and it was just like... (laughs) <laughs> you better not say that too loud. The people in your house will be like, "We have to piss off mom we have so to we get some donuts." When we get some more donuts, right? <laughs> and it was it was kind of great because like Lisa came in like right at the right time, and she was just like, "I'm gonna put the jelly in." And <laughs> it That's was amazing. Such, and it became like this really like it started off as this thing that was you know like me like <gasps> angry putting yeah, and then you know like this really fun thing that um, that we're just like. Holy shit, what do we do now? We know how to make donuts. <laughs> look out, world. Look yeah. out. Well, it's not even look out, world. It's just like, I need another gallon of vegetable oil because I'm going to be mm. frying these guys like weekly. Um, mm-hmm. No, I haven't done that because it, it, it's, there's a lot. Like there's, there's a lot of patience and practice that goes into like, you know, we joked about the 20 minute rise too. It's like, you know, you make these things that have multiple rises and it takes like six hours in total to actually get them done and in the oven oh, yeah. and made yeah. and I have bread resting, actually, two loaves of sourdough that are rested, that are doing their second rests right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I had to, like, time my children's walk around the neighborhood. I was like, we got 30 minutes before I got to turn this bread. <laughs> so, like, we could get down to the cul-de-sac and do, you know, do some biking, right, before I get back and turn this bread. So, yeah. 
But yeah, it's been interesting because it's, it's, um, you know, I, I have, it's, it's been, um, you know, the slow food, food movement, right? Like over the, over, you know, recent memory has been about kind of like, you know, patients making good food, all this other stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. that some of this has been obviously, like you've been saying, has been a sort of project oriented approach to filling the time, um, to doing something that's kind of restorative that can make other people happy that, you know, it makes me happy to, you mm-hmm. know, feed my family, feed my friends. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, you know, a lot of the things that um, like the way that the pandemic has impacted the way that I cook, right. Like has been um, a lot of things that take time, right. Like, so shrubs, right. For instance, like I well, made shrubs was shrubs. Er- Shrubs was, well, no, what shrubs was, I think you were doing before. Like, I feel like we had like a summertime, a summertime dinner over here one time and shrubs, we talked about shrubs. So shrubs was a thing that like mm-hmm. you had gotten into in the summertime before But I had four time. different varieties of shrub in my f- fridge this, this summer, right? Like, which is like a lot of shrub if you're not a bar. That's a, I right? mean, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> your house gets sort of turned into a bar over because we can't go to bars anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the other thing that I I taught myself too was how to make. So this is like again all born out of using things up, right? Right. Um, oh, and to get back to my my friend who's the feminist sociologist, she was somebody who said, "I wonder if now that a bunch of women are making sourdough, that all these sourdough mm-hmm. discard recipes are coming out because women mm-hmm. cannot bear to let all of this stuff go to waste, right? Like because mm-hmm. all this, mm-hmm. like none of this the sourdough recipes talk about like you know." don't throw out your discard, use it to make all this other stuff. Oh, it's like, discard things. it. Just, sorry, discard right? just, like, it. Throw it out. Yeah. That is, that is super um, interesting too. As like an approach to, find to... Out. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's like super interesting in terms of like an approach to, 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 to managing resources too, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you aren't concerned about household management in some of the same ways, then, you know, discarding sourdough, um, so sourdough discard is just like, all right, that can go. But like, meanwhile, you're just like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, my kids need pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Give me some. But time. yeah, when in not being able to go to bars, I did I did try my hand at an egg. I love egg white cocktails, like with the froth uh-huh. on the top. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, pro tip, when you sweet when you shake them in a shaker, especially if you're doubling a recipe, pressure builds in the shaker um, as the foam goes. Um, oh, and I did learn that in a very harsh way. I gotta say, oh. like I shook it was full of alcohol and egg white, and I'm shaking, 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 and the top popped off as it was coming up, and it uh-huh. got egg white all up my face, all over uh-huh. everything. Uh-huh. And Sherry, it was my first drink that I was gonna have. I mean, like uh-huh. I think that that's something that should happen to you after you've had one. After you've drink. had a few, because you can't laugh yeah. at that shit at that mm-hmm. point. You can't laugh mm-hmm. yet. You're not, nope. you're not nearly nice enough to laugh about that. And of course, my husband came in and he was like, what just happened? What also, happened? what do you need? <laughs> Your husband is lovely because he knows at this point, I'm going to need something. Actually, what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to make this drink again for me. Mm-hmm. Be careful of the pressure while I change my clothes. That's yes. what I'm going to need. Yeah. So I did. The the second attempt was much more successful. And he I actually had him shake it for part of it, too, when the pressure built. Because I because I was like, you need to understand that I'm just not like 
letting this thing I'm not, fly like, out of I'm my not head. being a goofball and he was right like, now. Wow, this is really hard, you know. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah. So I've made egg white cocktails because I've missed that. We also had um, over the summer, um, you know, because we were, you know, in with my kids and stuff. We were having. I was making mocktails for my kids so that they mm-hmm. could have, you know, like we had pina colada day yes. w- with my kids yes. where we made pina coladas and we, um, we listened to <laughs> my sister joke. She's like, are you trying to recreate my second grade birthday? And I'm like, basically, Maybe. um, cause we listened to Graceland, like, um, like Paul Simon's Graceland and drank pina coladas out on the porch. Um, so that was a great, that was a really good day. But a lot of my experiences for my children had been, you know, organized around food. Food, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think too, like there's something unlike unlike us. We 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 got to ship Harrison back to school um, really really early. Um, well, not really early. We we had him at home until June, and then um, his school opened again. And so we've 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 been lucky to to not have childcare be a part of our um, our regular working hours. But what about you? Oh, yeah. Um, so I have a seven-year-old son who's virtual, uh, who's going to virtual school. Um, he's honestly, I told him recently that I was so proud of how he has managed everything Mm -hmm. in his life changing so abruptly. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I told him simultaneously, like, you know, like managing this doesn't mean not having feelings about it or not being able to talk about those feelings, especially when they're Mm -hmm. negative, but you've been able to talk about when you've been feeling impatient or bored or lonely, but you've Uh also just found ways to be resilient and to, you know, to make opportunities for yourself to, you know, like have a good time. Like his, his grandmother actually taught herself how to play Minecraft so they can hang out together. Um, She's a saint. Yes. Um, So they have a world now where they they were just digging holes and hiding diamonds in them so that the other can go into the world (laughs) to find the diamonds, right? That's what they're going to do tonight. Um, so so awesome. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and so I have a seven-year-old who's doing remote schooling, and I have a a two-year-old who's currently potty training. So... um, but but we have been without childcare since for a year, like without mm-hmm. without this is a year. year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that has been difficult. But um, rather than sort of working against the tide, you know, like mm-hmm. my I have my my children help us cook a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. so they, you know, like Willow's, you know, want always when she's like, "Dad, do you feed your sourdough baby?" I poke it. <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, you can poke it." <laughs> Um, so she just wants to poke everything, um, you know, but they help me, they catch the pasta when it comes out of the machine, mm-hmm, they like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and we call that, you know, my, my daughter's baby learning, right? This is, yeah. baby, is this what she said? This baby learning? I'm like, yeah, this is, yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the things that, um, our guy is missing from his school because usually like, you know, they'll, they'll get to go into mm-hmm. the classroom the classroom becomes the kitchen too, and there'll be a part of food prep. Oh, and, I know. And it's a nice that. part about that school because my son. Yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. And so um, he doesn't do that anymore, but it's just like, he's, he's really interested in doing things in the kitchen. I have to be less squeamish about letting him do things like crack eggs or measure things out and just be like less concerned about like the mess of, of things and just let him do his thing. I mean, like this weekend we made a pineapple upside down cake together and we've made cookies together and he likes to make pumpkin pie and, um, and you know, I'm helping him along, but it's, it becomes like on a Saturday afternoon, 
I have something to distract him with. I have something, mm-hmm. not, let me not distract. I have something to engage. I shouldn't use distract. That's not the word. I have you know what? It is completely with. legit if you say distract. <laughs> it has been a year. <laughs> I believe it. A year. I believe it. I believe Ooh. it because I'm just talking about one and a half hours on a weekend, Julie. That's all yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, before I forget. The other mm-hmm. cocktail that I discovered during the pandemic that is really um, that is really good, and of course aptly named, it's called a Moderna. <laughs> it's a Moderna, Moderna. Yeah, so it's got um, it's got bourbon and um, uh, Saint Germain. Is that how you pronounce it? Saint Saint Germain, elderflower, elderflower liquor, um, mm-hmm. and a orange twist. Um, it's delicious. It's mm-hmm. so good, and, and we've been Soothing drinking that a lot. Too. Yes, really, really good, and named for a vaccine, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that has been good. But I, I also, um, I was going to say the other thing that um, uh, my son. I asked my son because I told him that I was coming on here, and he's he's a foodie. He's like the 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 kid that you know when he was four, you know. What is he was five? He was like, you know, this is very good, but I think that it could, you know, a twist of lemon would be really good on this. I'm like, excuse me, right? Like, all yeah. right, you know. Right. And he was, and you know what? You he was put right. a twist of lemon, and you're just like, yeah, now that shit's legit. <laughs> That's good right. now. <laughs> I know. Well, it turned out when he said that it was actually written in the recipe, and I'd forgotten to do you it. Forgot it. Mm-hmm. And and he was Tra- like, hey, could you train yeah. up a palate in the way it should grow, man. I just, yeah, my I believe kids it. smelling the spice drawer. This mm-hmm. is like my kids you smelling mm-hmm. the spice drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, he said, I asked him like, you know, we've tried a bunch of new meals and stuff like that over the, over, you know, while we've been home together, you know, like which one has been your favorite, right? He was like, all of them, right? And I was like, that's very sweet. But, but really, which one is your favorite? And he said, um, there's this one dish that, um, that it's a New York Times recipe that has, um, it's smashed potatoes with um an anchovy uh, a brown butter anchovy sauce um uh, like it's like brown butter anchovies and i think uh capers that are mm. you know cooked together and so you just like smash potatoes um and then you toss everything together and you top it either with like it you know uh canned tuna i've used frozen salmon if i have it like mm-hmm. whatever it's super mm-hmm. versatile and then whatever herbs you want like so i mm-hmm. i use celery yeah and um, celery leaves are really good on it mm-hmm. too. Um, but it's it's really delicious. And I've realized that a lot of, like not only pandemic cooking for me has been about using things up, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also revolved around like the incorporation of shelf stable stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, so like this anchovies. is- Anchovies. Yeah, anchovies, right? And mm-hmm. canned, fi- you know, like um, canned mm-hmm. or bottled like mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. You know, so like there's another one that we've been making that I never made before the pandemic that uses shelf stable gnocchi um, mm-hmm. that you brown in um, butter with lemon, uh, lemon peel. And you can do it Julie, with like. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I know. I was like, we should make snacks. Um, yeah. So, so the, the original recipe calls for Brussels sprouts, but I make it with um, broccoli. That's also really good. But, um, mm-hmm. but it's like all revolved around like, like things. I've been using a lot more beans, right? Like yeah. things like. Um, 
stuff that can be in my pantry for a while. And, yeah, because you're going to go build. to the grocery store like once every two or three weeks and mm-hmm. you're just not going to go back. So you have to be able to mm-hmm. um, get get those things in and be able to use them, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So a lot of stuff that has that that really and I've I've been um <laughs> the winter has been a cabbage odyssey. Right mm. for me. Like I've been doing a ton of stuff with cabbage, right? I got a red cabbage in my fridge right now. What am I going to do with it? What should I do with it? Okay. Um I love this. Can we play this game all day? Um, so, so you could, you could make instant pot borscht, which is really good. Um, uh-huh. You could, um, but one of my favorite ways to use cabbage that uh, is another New York Times recipe. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with it. Melissa Clark. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa Clark and, and um, all Deb her instant Perelman. pot books. All their oh my god, the instant pot books the are amazing. Pot books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're my go-to people. I like. I I really love Melissa Clark and Deb Perelman from Spinton Kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think I believe it is a Melissa Clark recipe that is. Um, you basically you you caramelize cabbage mm-hmm. um, in a pan, and you and it's uh, um and you make flavored breadcrumbs. Like you you can use. It's best if you have like really chunky breadcrumbs, but I've used panko in a pinch, mm-hmm. right? Like when mm-hmm. I don't have anything, you know, when I don't have stale sourdough bread mm-hmm. laying around, which I never do. When is my, that? My <laughs> kids are locusts, so I never have anything, <laughs> right? Like so. Um, so anyway, you can use panko, but um, you it's a it's a um, like parsley, garlic, and anchovy. Um, you, you brown, um, the, the breadcrumbs in olive oil with garlic, anchovy and, um, and parsley. Mm -hmm. And then with the caramelized cabbage, you mix that with pasta and then you mix all of this flavored breadcrumbs in with the caramelized cabbage in the pasta. It's delicious. And it's super easy. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to look for that recipe. Um, don't worry. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I got a red cabbage in there. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the things that we like to do with cabbage, you throw that red cabbage in there and it makes it all red. Like there was a fish taco idea one time, but that's not going to use the whole thing. Um, no, yeah, so. no, I won't. Buy it. But this will, this, you probably would use at least half of the head, if not, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And usually for that recipe, I double the cabbage, actually. But look in the tips, um, because I think the recipe that um, I'm pretty sure is this recipe that I just read that somebody actually oven roasted it to mm-hmm. good success. Because it's a lot of cabbage to put in one pan, and they were finding that it was hard to get it to caramelize. Mm-hmm, so, um, mm-hmm. so always look. You're telling me about a gnocchi recipe. There was a gnocchi recipe with the shelf gnocchi. Ooh, the gnocchi. Re- yeah, the gnocchi yeah. recipe is. Um, it's it's. I think it's it's another New York Times recipe that I think if you search gnocchi in Brussels sprouts, it'll come up. Um, mm-hmm. But it's. Um, I. It's not going to be the kind of pillowy light gnocchi that you would make in like a in a sauce right like it's this is actually and that's precisely what I really like about it is that it's actually like using like the the shelf stable gnocchi is a lot more dense um but this recipe makes it crispy right like it's it crisps on the outside um Mm -hmm. so you fry you fry up the whatever cruciferous vegetable you want to use like brussels Mm -hmm. sprouts or um i love it with broccoli personally but this is um, where andy would say cruciferous every time somebody says cruciferous he says cruciferous vegetables are good for your cervix here have some more (laughs) did you know that (laughs) 
Yes. Thank you. The more I, f- I feel like I want to do like some sort of podcast star wipe, the more you know, right? The more um, you know. <laughs> good for your cervix health. Good for yes. your cervix. So, um, so next, so every time I, I never... think cruci- every time I hear cruciferous, I always think cervix. That's hilarious. See, now I ne- will never be able to unlearn this, and I'll be like, this is an investment in your cer- cervical health. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, you, you brown whatever vegetable you're using, you brown it in the pan and then you take it out. Um, and you, and you cook it with, a the peel of a lemon, just chopped, you know, mm-hmm. messily, whatever into, um, that's a technical term. Um, messily, yeah. messily right. Like chop mm-hmm. the, chop it messily and throw it on top. Um, mm-hmm. and don't move it. Right. Because you, the object is for it to brown. Um, mm-hmm. then you take it out before it's, before it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you brown the gnocchi in the pan with, a, with some olive oil um, and then you put butter in so that the butter, and it's at a high temperature, so the butter browns. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so then the gnocchi sautés in the, in the, brown, uh, the brown butter, and you throw the vegetables um, you know, back in, and, and then you serve it. You can put Parmesan cheese and a little twist of lemon. That was the recipe where I forgot. The, the twist, twist of lemon. lemon. Um, but it's delicious, and, and, and that's another recipe that, um, especially if you buy pre-chopped broccoli, it's like it comes together in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, and the gnocchi is really like, it's, oh, um, I forgot to say you put butter and this is weird, but essential and good. You put a little bit of honey in, which I never well, would have thought. Well, yeah, I mean, cause you want a little bit of the sweet because you sort of need that sweet to be there to make that twist of the lemon mm. really work. It's the counterbalance, right? Sherry. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah. it's not the same food language, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, it has all the things, right? Like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, when I, I, but I gave it to one of my colleagues, um, who's a, who's very good. I mean, she's a really wonderful cook. Um, and before the pandemic, one of our primary bonding activities was to like make something that was labor intensive mm-hmm. and make it together, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she, <laughs> she was finally going to try this recipe, and she makes her own pasta. So she was very much like, really shelf stable gnocchi. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, she called me up and she's like, are you serious that I put honey in this? And I'm yeah. like, allow me to, allow me to just, explain. Just, just, <laughs> but it let also me break down the, yeah, it also down helps with the, ca- the caramelization of the, yeah. the, and the, and the, oh, yes. the crisping, the, browning, the, the crisping mm-hmm. and the browning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need some of that, um, deeper nutty, like it's a and nutty, holy yeah. shit. It's like nutty too, because of the honey. Damn, and the brown that butter. sounds good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really good. I'm going to, it's like, this is really, but yeah, it's, that's, that's been delicious. And I've been doing that. The weirdest things that I've made. Yeah. Which were very successful, but weird. Uh-huh. Right. Um, around here, uh, we have red bud trees um that are one of the most gorgeous things about living in Missouri. I mean, I I um you know what buds. I saw? You know what I saw in um across the street from that that park, Stewart Park, going going down Garth uh, from mm-hmm. the library. Those purple flowers are out already on the ground. Violets? Yes. Oh my god, pick them. This yes. is the other weird thing They're that out I made. In the that's park. Delicious. Anyways, red bud, yeah. red bud. Like, okay, so I made I made things in my kitchen with flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Like things, so things to eat, right? That was the first, that was the first part. It was that first phase because spring, 
Mm -hmm. Um, We all kind of got locked down somewhere in the week of the 13th to the 16th is where we all started staying home. And by then, those purple flowers were on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were all making, when I say all, I'm not even, I'm I'm not. Everywhere. Literally, everybody was making violet syrup. Violet syrup, which you should uh, mix with champagne and you will not be sad about it. This year, for sure, that's going to happen. I'll make it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's and it and oddly enough, I mean, because people I can imagine listeners sort of thinking like, what the heck does a violet taste like? Right. Like, yeah. why would I want? Why you would know, I why would I pick the why would I gather the petals of the flowers that grow on the ground in my yard? It's a pandemic. You'll do it. You'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> or or better yet, send your children to do send it. Send your you children to do it. Yes. Harrison uh-huh. helped me. He did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Find all the purple flowers in the entire yard. Go. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, they, um, uh, it tastes like grape, like when you Mm -hmm. make it and it has such a beautiful, deep purple color. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, um, so gorgeous. And, um, and it was something that, uh, you know, it's, uh, Sherry and I both enjoy traveling. Right. And, and, and at a time when we can't travel, Right. Like some of these sort of like food adventures that you've never sort of embarked on and you can you can do it together, um, you know, have been, you know, some of the the ways that we've all been coping. But um, yeah, so the violet syrup everybody was making um, and I made red bud jam or red bud jelly Mm. um, that you pick the red buds from the from the trees um, and the red buds are pink. Um, They come in all different kinds of colors. Um, One of my favorites is the. I think it's an Oklahoma red bud that I have out in front of my house that has um, like these deep magenta flowers. And when the red buds mm-hmm. pop in Missouri, I think that there's no, no, no more beautiful time in Missouri than when the red buds mm-hmm. are in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had spring never seen in Missouri is, Spring in Missouri is pretty nice. I it's mean, really like, beautiful. outside of like flowers that you make food with, like there's something about <laughs> like just, it's the deep brown, you know, it's the deep brown and gray. Like I'm looking out my window now and just all the shit out there is brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, in another, I want to say in another week, Julie, everything, you're, you're going to start, and mm-hmm. it's going to wreak havoc on allergies and all of that, but it's just so gorgeous. And then my first my first spring here, I was driving with my windows down, and I was like, what the fuck is that smell? Why does everything smell so sweet? Julie, I had never smelt like flowers in that way before. Like, realized oh. that flowers in the air oh, yeah. at springtime had this really great mm-hmm. smell, and so... You know, as 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 scary as it was, like that lockdown happened in spring, and like one of the first things that we all did was like make things out of these flowers that were in our yards at the time. I mean, like I don't feel like this is gonna sound weird, but like I don't feel like the kind of existential dread of the time. Like it feels like a beautiful thing that mm-hmm. we were able to kind of do that that stuff um, with. With the stuff that's like there in our yard because mm-hmm. we couldn't go anywhere else. Like never seeing that stuff before. We'd lived here. How long have we lived in this house? Like seven years. Um, and didn't like notice the purple flowers that cover the backyard before. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I mean, and I think it's also important to say that, that the, um, the, we didn't have also the cumulative exhaustion Right. I mean, like that was, Mm -hmm. you know, because in the beginning is well. And of course, people were like, oh, by Easter, everything will be fine. We'll be fine. fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it did seem like a a time when um, it was necessary for everything to slow to slow down a little Mm -hmm. bit. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Um, and I think that in that case, it was, um, it, it, we had the sort of, um, the stress of the, you know, the, just a lot less knowledge about how, how, how quickly it would be transmitted, like all this other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it was yeah, very yeah, scary, yeah. but yeah. there was something very, um, grounding about going into your backyard and just sort of picking mm-hmm. the stuff that's there and then making something mm-hmm. magical in your kitchen that you didn't know mm-hmm. was going to be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, like me, I didn't have enough red buds on my own property to make the red bud jelly. So I kind of was pilfering a little bit of the red bud flower along the way. And my my son was like, "Why are you taking those?" Like, and I was just like, "I'm just, I'm just taking a handful of those from everyone, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere." Hey. You got some redwood trees in your yard? I'd like to come and pick some I'd stuff. I'd like to have some. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really neat. And, and I mean, and that that to me was also like connecting with, like I did some, I had never done any canning before I moved to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to do that when I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still not, I'm, I'm not somebody who like, you know, has a whole haul of vegetables, but at the end of a season that I can. But, um, but like I had some of those skills that made me feel connected also to this place, like where yeah. it's a lot more common for people to can and do yeah. things to preserve vegetables, um, you know, for the mm-hmm. winter. So, um, so that part of it was really fun too. And That's the, so the red bud jelly is really, um, good. it's delicious. It's got a, a very delicate floral flavor and it's bright mm-hmm. pink, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the thing that what you just said too about, um, I feel like a lot of us transplants because, you know, people who come to a city for a job um, have a difficult time reconciling that this is where we live now. Mm. Um, And especially like people who come from cities, if you're like, if you love like a city life and you like the pace and the access and the diversity of cities. And I think, yeah, that so much of the early stuff that we did, and especially around food and drink preparation, had to do with connecting in these very local ways that changed perspectives about home and this place as home. Um, I think it's a really, it's really cool to think about in that well, way. No, I agree. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I say about, uh, you know, living in a small city like Columbia, Missouri, is just a lot of the the things that are sort of magical about living in a place like this, um, you know, for all of its, you know, issues, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like the, the sort of the lack of diversity in, in mm-hmm. um, you know, in this place is something that, um, you know, when you do come from a bigger city, you feel palpably, right, like in, in moving here. But like all of the sort of the things that are the most magical about this place are things that take place in porch on porches and in kitchens. Yeah. Right. And, yes. and they've been precisely the things that have been inaccessible to us during the pandemic, which has mm-hmm. been really, really mm-hmm. difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for somebody like you, whose you yeah. know families are so far, so far away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like over the over the holidays, this was one of the things that was beautiful, where like all of a sudden the traditions of sharing food with family. Like, I think this is one of the really beautiful things here too. Like, you know, you were dropping off food at my house, <laughs> uh, you know, picking up food from here. Oh my God. Sharing that delicious cake. Yeah. Was that? Oh, that was a rum it cake? was just like Christmas cake. Christmas cake. <sighs> so good Mm. yeah like you know you dropped off the pizzas and the cookies and it was just like I I got coquito from um from another friend and just like this huge bag of like food things that we all made and that we just kind of like distributed around for the holidays because like 
this isn't the family that we usually spend the holidays with, but there's something about celebrating the last um, the last holidays here in this way that dropping food off on people's doorstep was like the only way. Right, right. And we're like, hi. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Through the door. <laughs> through the door. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, yeah, like that has been, and I, and I have a huge garden now that like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, that's been like, mm-hmm. I'm growing my own herbs and tomatoes. I grew okra, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I love gardening and who knew? Mm-hmm. And I, and I just realized that I only have interests in growing things that I can eat. <laughs> well, like, I don't really want to grow flowers unless I can eat them. Like I don't yeah. really, you know. Yeah. Our garden <laughs> didn't do as well last year for some reason. Like we grew like one, we grew like single, single things. So like we grew, we'd, we've grown tomatoes in previous years that just didn't happen this, like last year we grew cucumbers. Oh my God. We grew like a ton of cucumbers. I should try um, this year. Cucumbers were super easy. And then I discovered that you could order um there's a there's a spinach variety that we call Kalaloo in Jamaica. Um I love you know, not, Kalaloo. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Kalaloo. It's yeah. so good. So we planted <laughs> that stuff. I I ordered seeds. And from it grows Etsy. here. I ordered seeds from Etsy. Yeah, it does. It grew um and then like even after I cut it, it gave me another it it gave me another um batch, but it was a batch that got eaten up. I didn't anticipate the eat the, the eating up part and and those like but just like the, the kalalo and the cucumbers were the only things that we grew um really well. The tomatoes took forever. They just never gave us any tomatoes. Um how do you prepare the kalalo? What do you do what do you do with it? Um chop it up um and then stir fry it with onions peppers tomatoes and salted codfish <gasps> oh that sounds and then, so good <laughs> and then you make you make like you make like little like we call these fried dumplings jamaican some jamaicans call it johnny cakes which is another version of journey cakes or whatever i've heard uh, so of that, johnny like, cakes i've them. never eaten them though yeah so like flour little flour dumplings like it's like a dumpling but instead of boiling them you fry them oh um good low and slow um, so like you have like a soft, fluffy, biscuity dumpling, um, and then you use that, and like you eat that with the. My with mouth the... literally just gushed. <laughs> like I had to put my hand over my mouth to avoid <laughs> what. <laughs> but yeah, like we bought seeds from Etsy, and like you know, there's these huge projects that we have here in our house about how we can bring all of the things that um, that we don't have to us. Oh my god, your your mail order food game has been <laughs> so strong. I got I have a Miami fruit box coming. This Ooh, is going to be what's my in food it? What's in it? What's in it? What's in it? I don't know. I'll take a picture. I'll send. It it's a surprise. Oh. It's a surprise. I'm looking forward to when they start doing the mango boxes because they do the mango boxes are. Yeah, it started. The food delivery thing here started with mangoes. Lisa is who started it. I will be um, if it because I know it's hard to get jackfruit, right? Like we are like the like we had a secret Mm -hmm. sisterhood of the jackfruit. Mm -hmm. And you were Mm -hmm. like, girl, the jackfruit Mm -hmm. here is terrible. It doesn't doesn't smell. It doesn't smell. Don't don't buy that. If you ladies and gentlemen, if you've never bought a jackfruit and you don't and you go buy that thing and it don't smell, you can't smell nothing. Don't buy that. Don't buy it. (laughs) No, so if you ever mail order jackfruit, like mm-hmm. 
I will make you pounds of pasta, right? It's a a sublime fruit. You know what I discovered, sadly, about jackfruit? The last time that I went to Jamaica, my mother bought jackfruit because I love jackfruit. And in Jamaica, it's not like... We don't use it in Jamaica. Um, I guess that's changing now as people change their diets as well. But we don't use it like as a meat substitute in some of the same ways that mm-hmm. that happens here. Um, so we'll just get the really ripe ones and pull out the pieces and eat it. And so my mom got me some and brought it home. And I just like, I went in. I went to town. I was like, <laughs> and then my whole face started to itch. What? My whole face started to itch. I'm allergic to that shit right now, Julie. This is what living in Missouri has done to me. I'm allergic to jackfruit. And it hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings. I was like, like, at one point, because there was still like half of the jackfruit left to go. And I thought, maybe I could take an antihistamine and keep it. (laughs) That's my girl. (laughs) (laughs) And my family looked at me and they're just like... Sherry, is it really worth it? I was like, yeah. Like, maybe I'll get an EpiPen and I'll just dive into this thing with a snorkel. I'm going to stab myself with an EpiPen now. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, that's hard. Oh, my gosh. That's sad. I wonder if if it's the type of thing that if you had a little bit, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I wonder if it's it's just like the 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 length of time, uh, maybe a little bit, or the length of time between having it. Like, there's something Mm -hmm. about... um, it being years since the last time that I ate any jackfruit that just completely like it hurt my feelings. It really did. I, you know, I think like there's, there's sort of like, we should have like some sort of like food funeral for that. I, you know, but what I want to tell you is Miami fruit has jackfruit in season. So once it's jackfruit season, just like keep, they'll keep sending you those emails. Um, but no, I'm excited. Right. There's a bunch of stuff that I have never tried, so we'll see. Yeah, it's it's a good box. And, like, for the stuff that I know about um, and that I know is supposed to taste a particular way, they are, they have, we've, we've hardly lost, and we ordered a lot of fruit boxes. So, like, this is how it, fruit boxes is how it started. Like, Lisa has a person in Miami who um, has a farm and who sent us the first mango box. And then we got the first mango box and it was just like, okay, then we'll be fine. We've had our mangoes in this three-day section for the whole summer season. And then it just occurred to us. It's just like, how are you going to eat two mango? How are you just going to eat two mango for the whole summer? Oh, you just like to eat two mango. That don't make no sense. We don't have to live this way. We don't have to and live then, this way. And then, like, it's you know, Instagram in the creepy way. Instagram is, um, like, as soon as as like I, we started talking about mangoes, I opened my Instagram and there's like a a a a, a thing from somebody from Miami Fruit, and I was just like, let me try this because they get their mangoes from Fairchild, which is a botanical garden down there, and um, mm. lots of mango varieties. So this is also why they're really great because like. You know, you know the Fairchild mangoes in the, all the different varieties are super good. Um, they should sponsor you, by the way. They That's totally should. They should. I should get a box out of this plug, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just send me a box of mango. I want a box of mango. Mango variety box. First mango variety box out. I want it. Um, yeah. But yeah, mangoes was how it started because then I ordered a mango box and after I ordered a mango box, then Andy ordered an avocado box and after Andy ordered an avocado box, then it just, now, you know, we, you saw us eating like crabs and lobster and so good. Yeah. Really, really good. Did you just like Andy is opening a box, like right behind me, like I'm not recording. What, what are you doing? 
Maybe it's a box of food. Can I have some? It is a box of food. He is opening right now a box. It's <laughs> amazing. It is totally a box of food. He's opening right now a box of pierogies and <gasps> kielbasa. <laughs> oh my gosh, kielbasa! You need to tell him to make this. Um, caramelized um, onion spetzel kielbasa recipe from the New York Times. It's delicious. Oh, I'm going to find out so he can do that. Yeah, he's, he's, so the whole food delivery thing has developed over here into his project of getting, um, of getting uh, food from each state. So like there's literally a printout of a map of the U.S. with check marks. Um, awesome. of the states that he's ordered stuff from. So we've got more rice than any household needs. Um, rice from, what, like three different states? Um, <laughs> just I like, see him smiling back there, too. He's back there, like, <laughs> crumpling things, and I just, I, I, I need... Oh, you know, can I say <laughs> opening, one, like, one other thing about uh, the challenges of... I, we've been doing curbside... Um, yes. Curbside grocery shopping... And the grocery mishaps have also borne like cr- mm-hmm. cooking creativity. So like mm-hmm. I got I got I ordered one a pars uh three parsnips for a chicken soup. Uh-huh. And they sent home four daikon radishes that looked like mutants. Like I've never seen anything. It was like the size of my thigh. Oh my god. And like what does someone do with that much daikon radish? Or daikon radish, you make pickles. And I'm not, oh, see, now I wish I would have called you, but I, I made f- oven-roasted daikon radish fries mm-hmm. that were respectable. It's not something that, it's not, I, I'll, I'll be very honest, it is not something that I would ever crave, mm-hmm. but if a girl has four mm-hmm. gigantic... Daikon, right, you're going to make some fries. You're going to make some you're fries, because I'm fries. not taking them back. It took us a while to figure out how to get them to give us the right amount of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Because some places order by the pound, and, or if you get a banana, or like right, you say, you if you want one. two, like if you put like you want two bananas, meaning that you want two bunches of bananas. I think it was like something like that, and then you open the the, the thing, and they've literally given you like two, two fingers of bananas, two bananas, yeah. right? Or you say you want two bananas. There was one time where I think we said we wanted four bananas or something like that, and, and we ended up with like four bunches of bananas. Yeah. And that was like banana bread time over here. I remember mm. that the grocery mishap. What's your favorite? Like we're we're coming up on um on the end of 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 of, of the time that I'm gonna encroach on. Um, and so I want you to tell me what. And this could be one of your weird ones or whatever. Like, but what's like your favorite favorite food discovery of this entire time? Like the thing that you know for sure is gonna go with you after. <laughs> The thing that you know that's gonna go with you through to the end of 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 of, of this time and beyond. Hmm. What a great question. Um, I think I would probably say like all these sourdough discard recipes. Mm-hmm. Like to be honest, it's like mm-hmm. um that you know I can have I always have sourdough discard on hand, and I can have pancakes in the morning, just like mm-hmm. you know lickety split. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to make, make all of that stuff just from something that is resting on my counter, just sitting Mm -hmm. there, unassuming, waiting to be fed, (laughs) hanging out, right? It's the only unassuming thing in my house 
that waits to be fed patiently. <laughs> nothing else does. And nothing sure. else does. But um, but I think that that will probably be it. And and I do actually think that, um, you know, getting back to the fact that everybody was making that violet syrup, I think that that is something that I will make every year to um, to honor the sacrifices of this time. Yeah. Like, like I as a kind of memorial to this time. Cause I think yeah. that it, it is something that was like taking springtime, putting it in a bottle, trying mm-hmm. to bring it to friends. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I do think that I will probably make that in the future as a, as a remembrance. Mm-hmm. I think that's gorgeous. I think too, because we all did it together to like mixed results, right? It wasn't like a super easy thing. Some of us had to do it more than once. Like how the mm-hmm. fuck do you do that lemon thing and change the color of it? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was just like this mm-hmm. really wonderful, um, one of the first mass pandemic shares that was specific to Colombia. I think mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was very specific to our community here. And I think a thing that, that will go, go beyond now is that this is where we spent this time and we spent it, you know, at a distance from, from each other, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to remember spending this with Julia as one of my people. Right. Um, I feel the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Julie, thank you. Thank you for giving me a whole hour in the middle of your afternoon to talk about, um, pandemic belly comforts i really really appreciate you being one of the first guests in the first season of this podcast project that i'm doing and i absolutely love and adore you for for this wonderful gift thank you oh thank you so much and i look forward to a um a time when we can share another meal in person likewise so I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. I'm tired of telling y'all to tell your friends and subscribe. This has been another episode of The Sherry Show. Bye.